0: Hello and welcome to episode number 114 of the Property Magic podcast, in which i like to share with you a concept that I call add value before purchase. Now, this is a very straightforward concept once you understand it. Basically, you add value to a property before you buy it. And this is done by identifying an opportunity and securing it with a purchase option. You can then add value to the property in a number of different ways, and then you buy it based on the higher value rather than the actual purchase price. What this means is you put less money into your deals, and so you get a better return on investment. Now, there are a number of different ways of adding value using purchase options, and I'm going to cover those in this podcast episode. So first of all, you can use purchase options where you find cash only properties advertised. I'm sure you've seen them plenty of them out there. Cash only properties are normally properties where there's some sort of problem, which means that you can't actually get a mortgage on them. For example, maybe the property doesn't have a kitchen or bathroom, which means it's not habitable, or maybe there's some sort of structural issue like subsidence, which again means you can't get a mortgage, or perhaps it's a leasehold property and there's a short lease with less than 70 years remaining, which again means you can't get a mortgage. So in all of these cases, the seller and the estate agent feel that only someone who's coming along actually buying with cash is going to be able to buy this. Now, because there are less cash buyers than there are people who get mortgages, these properties are normally advertised below market value. So if you see a cash only buyer, well, it means that it's probably V. Now, sometimes it's because the seller needs a very fast transaction and they haven't got time to wait for someone to get a mortgage. So it's got to be a cash buyer. But normally it's because there's some problem and it's not mortgageable. Now, here's the point. What you can do, you can secure this on an option. Now, you might think, yeah, but someone, I don't have cash to buy it. But that's the whole point. You see, most investors will bypass these kind of properties because they believe they can't buy it because they're not in a position to do so. But the whole point is, if you do it in the way I'm about to teach you, you don't need to buy for cash. And what this means is, because there's not much competition, you can find and secure these deals below the market value. And because they're cash only, the sellers might be more flexible and open to a creative solution. So with some specialist knowledge about purchase options, you basically agree to buy the property at the seller's asking price, which is normally discounted anyway, because it's cash only, as long as they're flexible on the terms of the sale. In other words, you secure it with a purchase option. Now, this is where you agree to buy the property at a set price within a certain period of time, which is called the option period. Now, this might be as little as three months. It might be six months. It could even be 12 months. And they cannot sell the property to anyone else in that time period. What that means is that during the option period, you have the opportunity to fix the problem that meant they couldn't get a mortgage so that suddenly you can get a mortgage on the property. So, for example, if it's a short lease, you can work with the owner and the freeholder to extend the lease. If there's subsidence, you can get a specialist builder to come around and fix that and give you the various uh, necessary guarantees and certificates. And once you fix that problem, you will be able to buy it with a mortgage, but you're buying at the cash. Only price, so it's a really simple thing to do. Look for cash only purchases. The next thing I want to share with you is something called BRRR with a twist. There's a very popular strategy, I've actually done a podcast episode on it called BRRR, which means buy, refurbish, refinance, rent, and repeat. So what you're looking for is a property that needs value, needs some work doing to it, some modernization or renovation work. You will buy at a discount because of that. And then Because of the work you do to the property, you're forcing the appreciation of the property. And then after six months, you refinance the property based on the new higher value and hopefully pull out most or even all of your money. This is otherwise known about as momentum investing, which I've also covered on other episodes in this podcast. So you then rent the property out. And you've got pretty much all or most of your money back and you you can go into it with another property. Now, this can be a great strategy. However, I want to give you a slight twist that will make it more profitable for you and require less money up front. So instead of buying the property, adding value to it and then refinancing it, you can actually add value to the property before you buy it. Having increased the value of the property before you actually buy it, you may be able to borrow funds based on the new value instead of the lower purchase price. Now, it's really important to say here, you've got to understand that most traditional mortgage lenders will not lend you money based on the value. They'll lend it to you based on the purchase price, which in this case is lower. However, There are some specialist lenders, such as certain bridging companies and crowd property, which is one of my businesses, who will actually look at the value of the property when you buy it and not just the purchase price. So let me give you an actual example of this. So one of my mastermind students, Michelle, uh, she found a property uh, in Hemel Hempstead. The owner was very motivated and very tired. Uh, the property needed lots of work doing to it. So Michelle was able to agree a purchase price of 190000 It was obviously worth more than that, but that's what she secured it for on a purchase option. And then what she did was she actually, the, the value of the property was probably a lot more. The mortgage was one eighty, So there's only about a £10,000 of equity in the property. So instead of Michelle putting in the normal 25% deposit, she just gave the owner the £10,000 of equity. The owner had all their money out and they were pretty happy to do this purchase option. Um, Now, once the property had been secured through the purchase option, Michelle spent £30,000 converting it into a five-bed, fully licensed, House of multiple occupation HMO. Now, the value of the property once it was converted was 295,000 pounds according to the RICS valuation. RICS is a Royal Institute of Chart Surveyors. Whenever you get a mortgage or you get lending from Bridging Company, they'll always want a RICS valuation. So, based on this new value of 295, Crowd Property actually lent Michelle. £205,000 which more than covered the purchase price and a little bit of the money that Michelle had put in. Then after six months, Michelle refinanced onto a traditional HMO mortgage. Now, doing the project this way means Michelle put in a lot less money than if she'd done a typical BRRR which means she had a higher return on investment. So again, if you're doing BRRR, see if you can skewer the property on a purchase option then do the work to the property. On a similar note, um, you can actually use this to do HMO conversions in Article 4 areas. Now, as you may know, one of my favourite strategies is HMOs, Houses of Multiple Occupation, because when they're done correctly, HMOs can be one of the best ways to quickly replace your income with just a handful of properties. However, there are some challenges with HMOs, and that's often what puts people off. People don't know how to do them properly. Now, one of the challenges is where the... Local councils have introduced what's called the Article 4 Direction. Now, this is where the local council says, look, we think there are too many HMOs in this area and we don't want any more HMOs. So they'll impose the Article 4 Direction, which is basically a withdrawal of the permitted development rights, whereby normally you can convert a residential home, which is classified as C3 dwelling, into an HMO, which is three or more people, up to six tenants classified as a C4 dwelling. So normally you can do that under permitted development. However, When Article 4 has been put in, it means that permitted development right has been removed and you cannot do that. So in other words, if you want to take a normal house, turn it into uh, an HMO for three to six people, you need to put in a planning application, which is going to be automatically rejected by the council because they don't want more HMOs. Now, here's the really important thing that you need to understand. This means that most investors believe that it's not possible to change a house into an HMO in an Article 4 area. So they don't bother looking for deals in Article 4 areas. Now, this is not actually correct and just goes to show you how a little bit of knowledge can be very dangerous. Although the local council will reject any planning applications, you can always appeal. And as long as it meets the criteria, then you might win the appeal and be granted planning permission. So... The criteria will vary from council to council, but it's something like no more than a certain percentage of properties within a certain radius can be HMOs. Now, you might want to check with your local council so you understand the specific planning requirements in your area. With this specialist knowledge, it means there's an opportunity for you that does not have much competition. So you could start looking for properties in Article 4 areas that would be suitable to convert from a house into an HMO and What you don't want to do is buy a house thinking that you can convert it into an HMO and then realise you've made an expensive mistake because you can't get planning permission. So instead, to minimise your risk, once you've found a potential opportunity and you think it meets the planning criteria... You can then agree a purchase option to give you time to apply for planning and to do the appeal, which almost certainly you're going to have to do. Now, once the planning permission is in place, you can then buy the property, do the work. um, And then uh, the property is uh, going to be uh, in the same way as I've just already described. You can then refinance it. Now, many of my students have done this and it's a very, very successful way of protecting yourself, but still buying in article four areas. And then finally um for those people who are more experienced listening to the podcast you can use this to do office block to residential conversions so it's the same concept where you're adding value before purchase And it's used very, very often in commercial to residential and commercial property projects. So you find suitable opportunity, you agree a price, and you put a purchase option in place to secure the deal. Now, this gives you time to sort out the finance, get the planning permission granted for the change of use. With planning for residential use, the property will be worth more than it was as a commercial property. And then you can buy the commercial property based on the higher value with planning permission. So let me give Give you another example to put this into perspective. So another one of my property mastermind graduates guy called Nick, he found an office block in the Midlands for £415,000. It was empty. That's what it was on the market for. That was the asking price. And Nick realised this would be perfect for conversion into eight apartments. So he agreed to buy the property at the full asking price as long as he was able to obtain planning permission before he purchased it. Now, You can go and apply for planning permission on anything at all. You don't have to own it. However, only the owner of the property can actually use that planning permission. So to protect his position, Nick secured this with a purchase option for 12 months. Nick had worked out that once the planning was in place, the value of the site would be far more than the purchase price. So he applied to Crowd Property to help him fund the purchase and the development costs. Now, based on a RICS valuation of £560,000 with planning permission, Crown Property were able to lend Nick about £400,000 towards the purchase price of four hundred and fifteen. pounds So it's something like a 93% loan to value based on the purchase price, but only 71% against the actual value of the site. Now, Crowd Property also lent Nick 100% of the bill costs. So this was a very low money down deal for Nick because he was able to add value before the purchase. So I do hope this concept makes sense. And I hope you start looking at opportunities rather than thinking you have to go and buy them Rather, maybe you can control them on a purchase option, add value to that property, then buy it based on the value rather than the actual purchase price. If you like to learn more about purchase options and purchase lease options, I've actually got some complimentary online training that we provide. You can access it by going and registering at PLO training. That's PLO for purchase lease option training dot com and access that free training. I highly recommend it. Purchase options and purchase options are strategies that most investors are not even aware of, or if they are, they just don't understand. I've got a number of other podcasts. You might want to go and look those up as well, because I think you'll find them very useful. So until next time, as ever, I encourage you to invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast.